When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. It's Roycey Unchained, but it's actually a reunion today. Yes, Mackie. It's, it's Roycey and Mackie. What was the official name of our show? Roycey and Mackie? Is that what we ended up with? I'd like to tell people it was Mackie and Roycey someday. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we, you know, the one thing we had going for us was that uh, we had two last names. And ever since then, we've had it very confusing because you guys have been Judd Mackie and Mackie and Judd. And, uh, well, we've had some nicknames in there. We, yes. we had a fun at one point. <laughs> yeah, we had a fun. He's made a comeback, by the way. He has. He's uh, for him. At, uh, at another uh, at another local station, which is hiring a lot of alma maters from various places too. So yeah, what an eventful weekend! Uh, the uh, Twinks, uh, uh, you know, there's the big stories probably the Vikings and uh, and the Gophers, but uh, the Twins losing Pineda. So why is it always? Here's what I never understand about. About the, the and this is a sixty game suspension because instead of eighty they gave him sixty because, because they found they some believe, evidence they believe that it was it or they they think there's a case that it was he was actually using it for weight loss instead of a masking agent okay but which is great but they like can't be sure about that. but why is it always you're it, these guys are multimillionaires with all the resources <laughs> in the world and it's always like yeah my cousin had some yeah, pills right. my They're cousin Lenny me. over here yeah I said that on Twitter I said thanks to Pineda the next time some guy walks up to me and say hey Tubby take a few of these and you'll look like pictures have been putting stuff on their hands and right yeah and and no one ever unless a unless a nail file falls out of your pocket yeah. or unless you've got a glob on your neck yes. nobody ever says anything and he was the idiot who had a glob on his neck with the Yankees yeah, so unless you take your hat off by accident and it sticks to your hands or hand or something yeah it's uh it it is uh really uh weird because uh you know he was the guy you wanted pitching game one of the playoffs yes be- not only because he's been pitching better, but I think he has the attitude. I I, I worry about Jose's uh, nerves going into the game, and this mm-hmm. guy is pretty much nonplussed. Well, he knew it was coming and came in and talked to us Friday night. So how long after did, the game? How long do you think he? Because that that process plays oh, out for weeks, weeks, right? weeks. Yeah, and uh, allegedly. I know when Polanco got suspended in 2018 in spring training, the Twins insisted they didn't find out till the morning that the announcement was made because 
how I understand it is they notify the Players Association and say, you know, the MLB drug testing, whatever it is, notifies the Players Association that this player has been popped. And then that generally they call the, the agent who then breaks the news to the player. And I think Pineda, Rocco, no, I didn't, I wasn't there when Rocco was talking about it Saturday morning, but, uh, or Saturday afternoon, but Rocco made it sound like he knew it was coming. So Pineda might have went in and told him that this yeah. was coming. But if the player doesn't, I don't think Polanco told anybody and uh, why the appeal process was going on. So the team, everybody thinks, ah, the team knew, you know, why didn't they get a pitcher on July 31st? They knew this was coming. No. It's not, uh, they did not know it was coming, and nobody knew it was coming. And, uh, you know, but these things do also, Phil, I think, carry on for weeks, so. I well, know. I think, and he had he had a few more swings and misses in his last one, but yeah. no, nothing that would make you feel good about running him out there as a as a twice in one series starter against no. the Astros or the Yankees or somebody. And now, not only does does Pineda get taken off for the rest of the season, I think it eliminates re-signing him too. I might re-sign him if okay. I believe him. I gotta believe him. I, I gotta believe that. It was a masking agent instead of a, you know, there's also the possibility they said, well, okay, you don't feel that great. Take this, and if you get caught, we'll say well, you were doing it for weight or something. You know, there's also a possibility that it's, you know, it, it's not. So it, it's got to be whether you believe that it was innocence, you know, just dumb thinking or if it was contrived. So. Yeah. And there's so many examples of, well, Melky Cabrera is the best one, where yeah. his career was kind of at a crossroads yes. six or seven years ago. He takes something, he serves an 80-game suspension and gets booted from, I think, the mm-hmm. Giants playoff roster and then signs a two-year $18 million yes. contract. Anyway, so if you can still make $20 million by taking something, I guess. Well, I, you know, we hate to get ethnic about this, but baseball has a situation that other teams don't. They have 30% of their workforce is from the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and Puerto Rico and stuff, but these people are out of their control for five months a year, right? And they have buddies and they have friends and they have their stuff going on that baseball can't monitor like the... NFL monitors their players and, and things like that. And generally speaking, what are they popping? 75% of the guys they're popping are from the Dominican yeah. or Venezuela or something. So Yeah. it's. I think – I just think, too, if – and, I, again, I now I'm generalizing, but if you come from – and I don't know anything about Pineda's yeah. background other yeah. than just where he's from. I don't know how much if, money he got to sign or anything. If so. you grew up and you grew up with no money and yeah. – and so, and and somebody, either a handler or a pill, some pu- mm-hmm. pill pusher, yeah. says, "Hey, if you take this, you can put two commas inside yeah. your yes. your paycheck number and change your family's life." Well, so. you you knew Polanco a little bit, night, you know, much on the surface, much brighter kid than mm-hmm. Miguel, who he grew up with, and. You know, no trouble, no anything, and 
when he got popped last year, I was absolutely shocked. He would have been the he would have been the, one of the last guys in that clubhouse that I would have uh, that I would have uh, uh, applied that to. Well, and, and actually, uh, if we can assume that he's not on anything now, that he didn't go back to the well. He turned into a 300 hitter even yes. after taking well, he, something. You so. know, he was the the twins when they signed those three guys, as, as you you know, Kepler, Sano, and him for big money. They always said this kid can, this is this guy can hit. You know, whether they can find out a place. But anyway, it's. Uh, uh, I was talking to Manny, and uh, I think it really it baseball had does have an unpredictable quality to it. But there's really it was difficult to see a scenario where the Twins would make the World Series with Houston and the Yankees in their way, uh, not necessarily in that order. and uh, But now I think it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think if you wouldn't have lost Pineda... Yeah, there, you could beat the Yankees. And, and now it's, it's... I mean, Byron Buxton... You know he's not going to be and he and by the yeah, way we, we're recording this before we might get news on him but let's assume yeah. he's out for the season yeah, he's going to have surgery that labrum apparently that uh that to me puts a whole different expectation on the next month and it's too bad because assuming the Yankees the Yankees are only seven home runs behind the Twins as we sit here right now but the Twins have the best power hitting team we've ever seen and mm-hmm. it's going to wind up that injuries and Jose Barrios's ineffectiveness yes. don't give them the chance that they probably and should it, have had here's one thing is a lot of people say ah the American League's weak including your partner uh it might be weak at the bottom but not, it's a rare year when you got the Yankees in Houston. When you got two teams that good, yeah. and in the new playoff system, you got to play both of them. Yes, you know you got to beat both of them. You got to beat one three out of five, and the other one four out of seven. Good. The wear and tear. The tw- when the Twins won those two World Series, they could do it with three starters. You can't do it with three starters since you added that extra round. You need four, yeah. or you got to figure out something whether you're going to use an opener or whatever you are. You got to. You cannot the 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 wear on on starting pitchers if like one of the series goes four and the other goes six and then you get the World Series is is phenomenal compared to what it used to be. So right now they only have in terms of known starting pitchers under contract for next year. Odorizzi's not under contract. No. Gibson's not. Pineda's not. You know that Barrios is under contract. And then there's any number of like Gratterall might be a starter next yeah. year. But how do you, how do you, let's just, let's say it's a, it's a fun season and they lose in the first round and now they've got to go back to a drawing board with the starting pitching. I think they Where bring Otto Rizzi back. I think they bring him back before they bring Gibby back. Uh, I agree. You know, and I think they, they might, they might give Pineda 10 and, and then he only gets, uh, what, seven and a half or something like that because he loses almost a quarter of the season. Uh, but maybe not, as I say, I don't know. But yeah, they got a, they got Odorizzi and Barrios and they'll probably Martin Martin Perez. Will they pick up his option? They probably pick up his option. As mediocre as he's been, yeah. And also, uh, Falvey's going to probably spend more time thinking about how to reconstruct the Red Sox now that Dave Dombrowski got fired <laughs> and the Red Sox are going. I did see our guy Doogie on Twitter. All right, uh, he's got he, Falvey he said he will there. absolutely be a name to watch for the Red Sox. Oh, sure, because he's a New England guy, right? He is. He yeah. is. Now, I don't think he's. I don't think he claims to have been a Red Sox fan, though. But uh, I think he's a happy fella here, don't you? Yeah, I and, wouldn't worry about losing him. And think about whoever takes that. Dave Dombrowski 
won a World Series less than a year ago. 108 games. And they're 10 games over. You know, yeah. They're not going to make the playoffs, but it's not a disaster. They're like no. they're going to finish with like 86 wins or something, and he just got fired. So. Well, uh, now you, uh, you almost introduced me to the concept of analytics when we were together. Uh, doing, you know, because you were in on it early. It's gotten a little more elaborate since, uh, yeah. since we were coming up with war. We got war minus zero fifteen plus now. But I think, and this is just my guess, that they're a mad at him because he signed Chris Sale for one hundred fifty million dollars when there was they should have waited. But B. You know, they're really out over their skis on a lot of contracts. But see, I bet he wasn't all, I bet he was accepting of analytics, but not all in. Not, not like this runs the organization. Yeah. And I got to think that they got a bunch of young 35 year old guys with the iPads running around there saying, Dave isn't listening to us. That that would just be my guess. But Dave also, this is where I mean now I'm now I'm defending I mean there's to say that Dave Dombrowski is not one of the best baseball executives yeah. of the last twenty years, there's still value and I think we've almost come full circle for so when you and I started doing Roycey and Mackey almost ten years ago now, the the war behind the scenes was who can collect the most interesting and helpful information. Mm-hmm. Like can you collect something that another team's not collecting. And and 20 years ago, the Oakland A's were collecting on-base percentage when other teams mm-hmm. didn't care as much about it, yeah. right? Now I think everyone has all the information. Everyone has... I mean, everyone... Go, you go into a, to one of these second swing uh, golf centers, and any average Joe can walk in and test their golf swing and spin rates and distance and everything. Like, they're do, minor league teams are doing that for hitters and pitchers. So information has reached, I think, its well, peak and, point. And, and so much of it now is physiological. You yes. Know, you know, make your body, you know, the twins, we still haven't, anybody hasn't written about it, but they got the skeleton cameras out there and hanging from the second deck where they trace the skeletal movements of all the pitchers. Yeah. You know, they they take away all the flesh and the muscle, and they only see the skeletons. And that's one reason, by the way, we have 103 two-counts every game, because everybody's trying to use their skeleton to movements. I feel like Devin Smelter took pitch. it too literally. Yes, yeah, yeah, to make the perfect pitch. But it's... Uh, a, who was telling me? Oh, uh, Laurel Preeb, Bud Selig's son-in-law, who's still working for MLB. He was in town, former Twins traveling secretary, good friend of ours. He was telling me the Dodgers remodeling, and they really they did the new visitors' clubhouse. But the old visitors' clubhouse was a decent sized room. It is now twenty five guys, men in there. That whole room is like, do not. Top secret. It's like the war room. Do yeah. not come in here, and they're all doing various. Yeah, you know. Well, the the, the Tampa Bay Rays. There's a, a there's a book called The Extra Two Percent that was written about mm-hmm. the first eight years of the Tampa Bay, or the first yeah. ten years of the Tampa Bay Rays, and they were a dumpster fire. Oh God, they were terrible. And then all of a sudden, the switch flipped in 2008, and they went to the World Series. And the book talks about. They would pluck, and actually, the, the twins hired one of these guys, uh, Josh Kulk oh, from yeah, the Rays. Josh Kulk, yeah. So they, the Rays hired Josh Kulk like ten or twelve years ago, and he ran a pitch FX blog on the internet. They hired him. They said, "Shut down your blog. Don't tell anybody what you're doing yeah. or where you're working, and we won't even list you in the media guide." But to bring this full circle, what I was going to say is, 
I almost think now because it, there's everyone's got access to all the same information and it, the information gathering but has they all don't believe that they're all they all looking for Randy Bush told me Theo Epstein's theory and he, he's the source of all of this get guys from Harvard because they're Yale because we might win the World Series was to get a two percent advantage he didn't think he was gonna out brain power everybody he just wanted 52 percent yeah and, you know he just wanted that two percent edge and he, he knew that you couldn't outsmart everybody but i think i almost think the two percent edge is the ability to communicate to another human here's what you should do when you yeah. trade for justin verlander yes and and you have someone in your front office to your coaching staff or not like now justin verlander is that guy on the team when garrett cole comes over justin verlander goes to garrett yeah. cole and says okay listen to this or ryan presley yeah. If you can get to those guys on a human level and say, all right, here's all this wackadoo information that these nerds have put together. Here's why you can make extra money. Here's why you can win a Cy Young Award. Listen to them. Uh, yeah. I it, it uh, I, I do think they're going to over having an overkill. You know, I mean, it's just, okay. You know, this is... But it, it, nobody has been able to write the, how did the twins do this? And what are they doing? What is going into that? Because, as you say, that's secret stuff. Yeah. They don't want Josh Galk. These guys, these guys with the iPads. I don't know any of them. I haven't introduced any of them. You get it. You happen to get on the elevator with them at Target Field. They don't say hello. No, no eye contact. They don't, they don't want. No, I'm not kidding you. There's no. They're afraid you'll try to engage them in conversation <laughs> and ask them, "What do you do?" In fairness, judge, don't even ju- judge like that on elevators too. Yeah, it. but they don't even watch to answer the question. What do you do? You know, it's a, it's yeah. an incredible thing. Well, think about this. I know. I and I know people have continued to play the card of well, the baseballs are juiced and all these things. Okay. The baseballs are juiced, but the Twins are still hitting more home runs than any other team in baseball. They've gone from 103 losses, right, two years ago? Was it two years ago? I'm pulling this up. No, 16. Uh, 16. Three years ago. So 2016, they went from 103 losses to now they're going to win 98 or 100 games and have the best power-hitting team in baseball history. I feel like that warrants a book of some kind at some point. I mean, that's that's amazing. Oh, it is. It's incredible. You asked me this. Uh, a month ago on the show on your show and i what where does this rank is in 59 years of twins history is a shock and i told you it's number two yeah. i said number one is 87 when the team went 29 and 52 on the road and won the world series you know that that team could possibly do that but this is this and and i also told you at that time they were 76 and 48 and if you asked me okay March twenty third. You got two choices. Are they going to be seventy six and forty eight, or forty eight and seventy six? I would have said forty eight and seventy six. Yeah. So it's it is it's astounding. And also, okay, the ball is juice. So what's that mean? Ten feet? Does that mean ten feet? Because not it's not fifty. It's not feet. not fifty yeah. feet. <laughs> so you know, if it means ten feet, it would have cost Nelson Cruz three home runs. Yes. Yeah. You know because. <laughs> He hit three in Chicago, and the shorty was four thirty-one. Yeah, and Mitch Garver, you can, so Mitch Garver's yeah. probably been the the biggest beneficiary yes. of whatever the yes. Twins are serving people behind the scenes. And not many of those would have been called back. The no. one to right field the other day might have been. Yeah, but uh, he is one of the most phenomenal stories in Twins history. Yeah, I mean top five, mm-hmm. top five, twenty-nine, twenty-eight as a catcher. I did a thing today uh, for the Star Tribune. 
Earl Batty, he broke Earl Batty's record. Earl started 142 games as catcher in 1963 when he hit 26 home runs, and he had 502 at-bats and 570 or 80. Garver's basically got half that. Yeah. Now, the ball's juiced, but the ball's juiced and the ball's hard, uh, harder, but I, you know, to me, and I wrote this, and is this plan of having two catchers is phenomenal. That you get these guys, they're, I mean, there's never, Garver got beat up there a little, I mean, missed, what was it, concussion or what? He, uh, he got one off the helmet? Or he what? got dinged, yeah. Yeah, and he missed 10 days, but only because of that. But every time you see him or Castro, they look ready and raring to go. Yeah, they're, not they're like, never. Not, not limping around with sore collarbones. Right, they're never, think about how many games Joe Maurer went out and was like yeah. 55%, right? Yes. You're never getting, they're never running Garver out there at 50%. He's no. he's out there at 90%. Yeah, and I talked to Rocco about this yesterday, and I said, now, if he ends up hitting 35 home runs and driving in 80, do you, do you bleep can this system next year? And just put him behind and the plate? And he said, you know, and let him catch 100 games? He says, Maybe not. He says, this has worked so well. He says, yeah. I like this. He says, I like the fresh catcher. Yeah. And Ostadio started 15 games as a catcher, too. Yeah. Did you see him uh, the other day? <laughs> ground balled on the third baseline. <laughs> oh, sprints great. up to it. Stops. Turns around. Walks, walks, walks it back. on it. <laughs> he looked like Herbie. He looked like Herbie falling. I remember. Everybody remembers Herbie throwing Gann off the base. But there was also one about a year later where a guy was coming trying to dive back and Herbie just like belly flopped on the guy and <laughs> kept him like three feet from the base and then tagged him. I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember writing a column that he was the undefeated world heavyweight champion of first base wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But this he reminds me of Herbie, except Herbie had some more grace than that. Yeah. So. Uh, you want to talk some Mike Zimmer when we come back here? Let's take a quick break and talk Mike Zimmer and the Vikings first game of the season, which probably uh, that's probably about as perfect of a scenario as Mike Zimmer could have dreamt up. Royce Unchained, Mackie in for Judd. It's a Royce and Mackie reunion. Alright, welcome back. It's Royce Unchained and uh, Phil Mackie in for Judd Zolged this week, so it's officially a Royce and Mackie reunion. And if Mike Zimmer presented you, Patrick, <laughs> with his, his seven-month off-season stewing checklist of yes. things that drove him crazy about last year's team and the things that he wanted different... I think all of those checklist items were uh, accomplished in week one against the Falcons. He, uh, I, I don't want to say what what his state of arousal might have been when he looked at the final stat sheet and saw they'd thrown ten passes, but it had to be the had to be the highlight of his life. And uh, I think the uh, the the shocker is that uh, this this offensive line, uh, which everyone's been so concerned about. And may still be concerned about if they ever actually have to protect the passer, but uh, didn't take the uh, new offensive line coach uh, Dennison along to teach these guys how to block for the run, huh? No. Well, and then you have I mean, there were some there were some avenues for Cook, yeah. Cook to run through. And I I've, I said this on Ventline the other day with uh, with Manny. The only thing when I watched Alvin Cook, this is just purely an eye test thing. When I watched Alvin Cook, the only thing preventing him from being on the same level as as what Le'Veon Bell has been the last four or five years is availability. Yeah, 
if he if he was a guy that you knew would be on the field for 15 or 16 games, I think you'd talk about him in the same top tier as other running backs. It's going to help him stay healthy if he never gets hit, too. Uh, yeah, know, exactly. He didn't get hit. Uh, he didn't get hit, but I, I didn't get to see a lot of the game. I was at the Twins game, and I was actually, Pat Donnelly was sitting next to me giving me updates. Then I'd look over and look at his little uh, thing once in a while to see a play. But, uh, yeah, the stats are hilarious. And I like, uh, I love Cousins uh, saying after the game, anything to do to win. You got to know he went home. And, you got to know home, and he went home and says, this is BS, man. I didn't come here to throw 10 passes. Even Dan... Tony let me throw more passes than this, and he had Le'Veon Bell for good. I did. Say. I did see Cousins made mention that it kind of felt like a peewee football game, <laughs> yeah. where it's you run to the right, you run to the left. But I'm not sure we needed to do anything else. So you're, is, you're not beating the Packers that way. But. Is there anything to take out of it that uh, basically? I mean, they were great, obviously, but Atlanta also handed it to them, right? Where you get you get a punt blocked right over right off the bat, and then yeah. turn it over three more times. I, here's my main takeaway. Now, this is going to sound like BS, but somewhere back in my Twitter feed, I was lauding Anthony Harris in his rookie year because I'd read some stuff about you know what they thought of him at Virginia Tech, right? Where was the or West Virginia? I can't remember one of those. Anyway, I read some stuff and then I watched him. He was undrafted, right? Or was yes, he, yeah, he was undrafted. undrafted yeah. And how somebody's saying he was the best of the undrafted players in the whole thing. Yeah. Why did it take so long? Why did it <laughs> take years. so long to play him till the middle of he started playing in the middle of last year when Sandejo got hurt? Yeah. Why did well, it he, take so long? Sandejo, uh, he, he's basically been the backup for Sandejo or, or Harrison Smith for but three years. But he didn't years get now, on right? the field a lot. I bet he didn't. He, he had a stretch he a few years. His first splash, he had a stretch where he started, I want to say, for a month or two, and then he kind of went off the radar for a while. Is that a record? Three turnovers accumulated by one guy in one game? For the Vikings? Yeah. Didn't he recover a fumble and two interceptions, yeah. right? Also, he had all three of them. And the only, I don't know how, how if they're going to replicate this all season, but Mike Zimmer for 15 or 20 years has been one of the great defensive minds, mm-hmm. one of the great defensive systems and schemers. And and with the Vikings, what's he been here? Five years. They've had a number one defense and a bunch of top five defenses. And they're, But the nitpick would be, they don't really generate turnovers. They don't. They're yeah. not a big interception yeah. team. Yep. It's more of a yardage and red zone defense. Yes, if they can, if and again, it's one week. If they can add turnovers to the already steady system that he has, but not only does he get to run the ball the whole game, not only does he get the turnovers, but the first play of the game basically bar. Comes, you yeah. know, everybody says, "Why don't they let Barr rush the quarterback?" He rushes the quarterback and gets a sack. Was, right that, a, off the was bat. that just a bleep you to everybody? Yeah, like, you want you want him to be unleashed? Okay, first play of the game. First now, play of the season. so did they let him rush? I didn't watch enough of yeah. this. Did they let him rush the passer all day long? Or I mean, I don't have really. like the the pass rush but, snap but counts they in did front of let me. Him but, come, huh? Yeah, they did. I mean, it was like off the edge, first play of the game. Yeah, and that's another hilarious thing in that. I think the biggest question when they brought Anthony Barr back was, "Hey, you can pay him fourteen million dollars only if he rushes the passer, right?" Not. I in- think I think the Falcons are a good example of what happens when you have the Super Bowl one, blow it in the second half. They've never recovered. Yeah, they've never recovered. They were looking like they were supposed to be a good young, fairly younger team. They stink. Yeah, they. Uh, I, mean, I, I still think. I mean, week one is so hard to gauge. Yeah, week yeah. one is is just a. Well, look at actually my favorite quick aside. My favorite thing that happened in Week One, 
the Cleveland Browns getting smoked by the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> well, no kidding. They haven't done anything for 30 years. And all of a sudden, you get a couple, you get some momentum. You almost finished 500 last year, and you're talking Super Bowl. Beat the Titans but in week one. That's Pump those, the brakes. That's 100% the Browns fans. And plus, they hired some guy named Freddie Kitchen. <laughs> who looks like he spends all his time in the kitchen. He does. Looks like just a schlump. I'm jealous. And uh, <laughs> here's the deal. Of, you know, the Indians were here yesterday. And we all have lived through, a, Dana Wessel and I have had an ongoing joke about, on Twitter, every time we see one team in the town congratulating the other team on their success, yeah, yeah. We, tw- we tweet it to each other, we send it to each other, because it's absolute BS. They all hate each other, and they all root against each other. Yeah. Every time the Vikings win a game, the Twins are mad, okay, and vice versa. Yeah. The fact that the Twins are in contention this year irritates the Vikings because they don't get 100% of the attention. Yeah. So they hate each other. But the Indians guys sitting behind me were pretty well out front about it. And we were making... Like from the Indians or the media guys? Uh, some guys that work for the young guys that work for the Indians. Okay, yeah, were because I was cracking jokes about the brownies and they were all howling and <laughs> and they, you could tell they loved it because you know they've been to the World Series, they've won three straight division titles. Yeah. They're they're with all the ailments they had this year and the roster cutting they did, they've had another good year and everybody's talks all they talk about that town's the Browns. Yeah. So they justifiably hate them. So they're all very happy. Listen, I get like you're born into fandom, and yeah. if your if your parents were Browns fans, yes. and you're going to be but, a Browns, but but, they, but if they if they've been that bad for thirty years, who are the idiots that have been lighting money on fire for? I've always yeah. said I'm okay with bandwagon fandom. Yeah, especially if your town has options. If your Here's town has it. options, don't let your Somebody money. Somebody mentioned that the Lions, but he said just like the Lions fans. No, I have been in Detroit often enough. Lions fans. Expect them to stink. They they expect their team to be bad. Yes. And the Browns, they would never hype themselves up, you know, up like this. They, you know, they just, they go to the game expecting to watch the Lions get their ass kicked yeah. or do something stupid, which apparently they did to oh my gosh, it was create beautiful. a tie. Uh, create a tie with this dummy Patricia, uh, Patricia or whatever it is. Yeah. On, on the sideline. But the Browns fans, since they got the team back, I'm not sure, I don't know if they were that way with the old Browns, the overly optimistic. But every little grasp of, of, if they win a game in December, they're going to win the Super Bowl yep. the next year. They're always that way. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Derek Anderson throws for 400 yards in the game. Yeah. I was there for Elway, you know, into the win, 98 yards. And, in the old ballpark, down by the lake, blow wind blowing off the lake, kind of a cold, miserable day. And they would have you leave the press box if you were going to the locker room and go down and make your way through the seats. And then they had these like little like three or four step from the wall that, uh, you know, that the fans sat behind down to the field. And it was icy and stuff. And I, and I slipped and fell on my fat rump and the drunk bears hey, ah, they were screaming because they were going to the Super Bowl and there was <laughs> you mean so <clears throat> of course when Rich Carlos kicks the field goal 
to win it to where they lose. How you doing over there? How you doing? Are you are you still as happy as you were a half hour ago, you dummies? So uh, okay, we're brown. We're Browns fans. How would you rank Browns fans? The old dog pound Browns fans compared to the current Bills well, mafia. I, I, I have or... not been in the new stadium, but you got to. You know, in Cleveland, but you got to realize that this was a miserable dump. So that added to the drunken, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah, they were they were nuts. There yeah. was no doubt about it. And they drew eighty thousand, and they still thought Otto Graham was going to come walking back on the field and take him to the <laughs> championship. You know, so um, Antonio Brown, I love it. Patriots, I love it. Where's he going to play? I watched him last night. Yeah. What's you know that Demetrius Thomas isn't that the guy that used to be De, in, Demarius Thomas Demarius Thomas he was, he was Peyton Manning's guy in in, in uh, Denver, Denver. For, yeah he's not going to get on a field no, it's amazing why did they get this guy well Antonio Brown's better than all the I mean yes, he's the best well, wide receiver true. in the NFL well Gordon is damn close yeah you see him last night they couldn't tackle him yeah it's I what? love it I love it it's 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 I was on a, I was on a plane uh, coming back from Washington D.C. on Saturday uh, while this news was breaking. And all the guys, once we landed, it was like all the guys in our little corridor were buzzing about this. And all of us agreed, how long is it going to take? Five hours or five days? Oh, yeah. 100% he's going to the Patriots. Everybody said that. He's going to the Patriots. And And it uh, happened within like an hour, too. But Mayock, okay, the guy posts your letter on Instagram. Just shut up. Yeah. That's Okay, that's fine. You know, you send him the letter. You sent it to him. That's you know he didn't he didn't say anything that wasn't said in the letter, but then Mayock turns it into that. And I feel like uh, and Gruden, this idea that Gruden was laughing at the Instagram post was was uh, it, you know what we're going to have we're going to have an NFL tampering investigation. Yes, the, well, the this clearly was a conversation. Mayock is going to uh, Mayock is going to. Uh, Try to get the NFL to give them some, give them back their draft choices. This was at first like there was a couple weeks ago. I thought, okay, is he is this mental instability? What is it? Now that the whole picture is clear, <laughs> this is. And by the way, he's friends with Jimmy Butler. This oh, is yeah. the Jimmy Butler school of. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to play here. And by the way, they are. I, wa- I was traded here in the first place. I didn't. The ask only to one play missing here. is Rachel Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's uh yeah, it is. It really is. And uh you know, the the Raiders are just uh, he wanted apparently to get traded to New England and uh yeah. and they wouldn't trade him there cuz they, you know. So they were, and that was back in the spring when the, the initial the NFL was gonna, the NFL is mad enough at the Patriots uh, for dominating, but Brady, how about Brady? 42. By the way, you, did you see it like he looks like he's 31 still. I know. He's Be- he's Benjamin Button. It is. It's unbelievable that, you know, you got a good looking girlfriend. He's got a good looking wife. How come you don't look young? How come you're aging? I need to eat more kale. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Or, or sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. That's right. Do you, okay. Do you think just for fun, let's say the Vikings had had instead of the Patriots, if if the Vikings had signed Antonio Brown, train wreck factor ten, or do you think they would have figured it out? Do you think the Vikings culture think, is one? I don't think that they have the one thing Belichick has going for him is he's an authority figure. 
I don't think this team has the authority figure. I mean, they have Zim, but he doesn't have that kind of credibility. Credibility. Right? He doesn't have that style. And now they're this just guy, cousins. This guy, I've come 180 on him. On who's Zim? Belichick. Oh. I thought he was the ordinariest, but he's a he's the best coach or manager of any sport in my lifetime. Wow. I think. And you know when he proved it to me last year? He's standing there in the sun for that first playoff game, and he's in Foxborough, and he's got no headset on, and he's putting his hand above his eyes into the glaring sun. Who are they playing, Paul? Who are they playing? It's a regular season? No, the first playoff game last year. Oh, man. Uh, Chargers? Yeah. Might have been. the Chargers. Might have been. And he's sitting there like this, and you say, he can't see anything. He sees everything. Yeah. He sees everything. Offense, defense, all of a sudden they run like nine straight times. Yeah. You know, and then they stop the run and then he, yeah, he's, he's a genius. Yeah. Both sides of the ball, genius. And I, and I think there's something, you know, if Antonio Brown joins any other team and the head coach can come in and say, now listen, this is the way we do yes, things. Yeah, this is the way the Indianapolis Colts do things. Yes, yeah, this is and, the way. Antonio will say, this is the way I do things. Yeah. But, but Bill Belichick is the only guy that can say, this is the way we win more yes, than one handful yes, of championship yes, rings. Yes. There's also a report that Tom Brady offered for Antonio Brown to stay at his house until he finds a place in New England somewhere. Wow. <laughs> Brady. Nobody. I'll say one thing about Brady. Anything you say about him, that son of a gun likes to win. He wants to win. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, all right. One more segment. Royce Unchained. It's Phil Mackey in for Judd Zolget. A Royce and Mackey reunion here. All right, welcome back. It's Royce Unchained. Uh, Judd is out this week because Judd's doing nine hours of Vikings radio <laughs> this week. So Phil Mackey in for a Royce and Mackey reunion. And you know me, I've got I've got oars that are now attached yes. to my car. I'm rowing the boat more than anyone at Score North. I fell asleep in the third quarter. <laughs> oh no! I, I fell asleep. Well, I uh, just got to it and turned it on and saw the, the overtime t- uh, the regulation touchdown by their third receiver Altman somebody, which was great. And then I saw the overtime, and uh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, came over and made a great play. And last year he beat him too. But let me say this: when I hear that. You know, when the uh, the current uh, group of Gopher fans, the Gopher Hole crowd and those people, Tracy Clays had to be fired because he came out and defended 10 rapists. Yeah. You know. Uh, one of the 10 who was among those unfairly linked to it mm-hmm. won a ball game for you. One the, so let's not keep throwing out the word, the figure 10, okay? Unless you want to say Winfield, who got absolutely hosed in the whole deal, yeah. along with several other guys, uh, you know, at least five of them and maybe more were not involved in uh, that took place. So let's not keep throwing out that. So he, uh, here's my question off, off that. So unfairly accused was was drug through the mud his yes. name was out there uh his father Antoine Winfield senior was mm-hmm. in the media not too happy and now after we've watched Antoine Winfield junior play and it's very obvious he's he's very good i don't know what his nfl prospects are like why did he stay that's uh, very good i don't know they must have thought that you know maybe Pleck did re recruit him because originally they were going to go 
look at some schools. Yeah. And Antoine Sr. was extremely upset. So I don't know. Maybe Fleck did a good job re-recruiting him. But obviously he would have. Actually, if he hadn't gotten hurt last year, he'd be done, right? Isn't uh, he like fifth year? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. sixth year. And, uh, and they, you I, know, it's funny. Is they, they talk about him as ball hawking, but his dad, you know, he'd had a few interceptions, but his dad was a tackler. Yes. That's what his old man was. His he dad was, was a safety and a cornerback's yeah. skill set and body, right? His dad was so good that Ohio State played here one day against the Gophers, the old man, and and they won. Shock. I wrote a column on this little guy who made 18 tackles, yeah. Antoine Winfrey. He was, oh. you know, how often do you, is a tackler stand out to you so much that you say, that's the story of the game. Yeah, usually, when, so good. usually when you make 18 tackles, it's because your your defense gave no, up 500 yards. A, and, you know. a minus two. It was, <laughs> right. He was fabulous, and this kid's really good. I think their defense is shaky, though, don't you? Well, it's, I, I'm trying to think of outside of like a, outside of a Tracy Clay's year or two, it's almost always shaky. Well, the first half of so Last I've been watching. Year, go, they were unplay, unwatchable. The, yeah. un, until they made the change at coordinator, yeah. I've been watching go for football. I, I wasn't. I was alive during the uh, Nebraska debacle, the Pete Nigerian uh, mm. Lou Holtz game. <laughs> but so, I, but my my go for football defensive memory goes back to uh, like 1991 or to Jim Wacker. Last the first half of last year's the worst go for defense I saw yeah. in well, my life. You know what? Well, you didn't see Wacky. You didn't see the best of Wacky, but it was close. Yeah. But uh you know the funny thing is when Mason came here, about the first you know, they were bad and but the defense, you know, we were writing stories about this well, improved, Tyrone Carter. Yeah, we were writing stories about this improved defense and then the last Three, four years, they couldn't cover anybody. Yeah. They were, you know, if it was third and 12, somebody just ran down and caught a 20-yard pass. Yeah. So. Uh, that Purdue game, before the season started, you look and say, okay, at Purdue, that could be kind of a feisty game. That should be a win now, I think. Well, Purdue lost to Nevada, which lost to Oregon 77-6. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and then Purdue had to fight mightily to beat somebody last week. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think, so they've, the Gophers have... Two NFL receivers, possibly, on their yes. offense right now. They've got a bunch of decent running backs. Um, I don't know, but Tanner Morgan's... Uh, I think he's mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, he's, but a, he's a, you know, he's... They, they don't play Ohio State. They don't play Michigan. They get this no, Purdue no, game. They, they should win. Yeah, they, they should do. win nine games it's, still. It's good. I don't know. Like, Maryland's a big game. Mm-hmm. I mean, can they... Maryland comes here, right? Uh, I, uh, is Rutgers here? I get the Rutgers-Maryland road I home mixed up. they go to Rutgers, which is what you'd like. Yeah, and yeah, Maryland's a team you can beat on the road for sure. Yes. Okay. But I don't think I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think you should let the first two games being close lower your well, expectations Fresno's, bar. You know, Fresno's a good win. Yeah, they went toe to toe with was, USC. First one is that's a one of the best teams in FCS, but they weren't ready to play offensively in that game. I don't think mm-hmm. so. And that team, South Dakota State, has some good offensive players. Yeah. Uh, have you since you and I last talked about PJ Fleck? Is he still? Uh, is he still in your your toilet? Have you come around at all on PJ Fleck? I was. Fleck? Uh, I was uh, kind of saying okay. I wouldn't say I'd come around, but I was trying to be neutral, trying to be okay. And then I read the Batman story, <laughs> and I said, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm well, back. explain explain the Batman story. He's trying to uh, use Batman as a role model for his players and giving them very various little Batman trinkets for yeah. accomplishments. What do you mean? Yeah. Batman's one of the most resourceful I don't heroes. Think, I don't think the University of Minnesota 
should allow in students who think Batman is a role model. That's uh, that's uh, I, I, I don't think they should. What be about playing. the Joker? We got that movie coming Joker, out. Would you? Yes, who's playing the Joker? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, he doesn't even need makeup. No, <laughs> he doesn't have makeup for like half no. the movie. Who played him? Uh, the the dead guy, the guy who died. Uh, uh, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger played him. Yeah. He was. He I was, was creep. He was creepy, man. He was creepy, and it, it was a it was a different uh, production style and direction style. I still put Jack Nicholson, nineteen eighty nine. Now you got to go back to eighty nine. The Michael Keaton Batman. I put yeah. I put his Joker number. You one. know what? The uh, Heath Ledger though uh, was. Uh, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is the greatest troller in the history of mankind. Remember when he came on the. The show and Letterman, the Letterman yeah. show, yeah, yeah. and it was all a shtick. I'm sorry you couldn't be here tonight. It was always a shtick. <laughs> it was all a shtick about he was going to become a rapper and stuff. It was all just BS. Yeah. He was just having fun. Genius. I, I think he's uh, he's uh, he's one of my heroes because of that trolling yeah. he did. All right, that's Royce Unchained. That's it. We didn't really get off on a rant. Uh, I've, we forgot to uh, get off on a rant. Or it was kind of positive path today, mostly. Positive Pat, all, I mean, there's there's a lot of things to be positive about here. Oh, yeah. Antonio yeah, yes. Brown and uh, Michael uh, America. Michael not one of them. Okay. No. All right, Royce Unchained. I'm Phil Mackey. That was your Royce and Mackey reunion. Thanks for listening. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- Nine two five five six zero eight and set up your forty eight minute no obligation consultation. Call nine five two nine two five five six zero eight. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar coated advice. Call Mister Money Talk, Josh Arnold at nine five two nine two five five six zero eight. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.